Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. And I'm Erica. Happy misogynists of the week. We are back with this bullshit. Yes. So yeah, we've taken a couple of weeks off just because of scheduling, but we are back. But I think it's important to note that during the Ontario election campaign, we will be switching misogynists of the week up similarly to how we did during the 2021 federal election. And this will turn into women of color on the campaign trail in Ontario. Yeah. And so if you ha- know any women of color running across party lines in Ontario, particularly in remote and rural locations, we definitely want to speak to them, to hear about their experiences and to just shed some light on what they want for their communities. Yeah. I wonder if the conservatives would answer though. Cause you know, Doug Ford didn't show up to the uh, Operation Black Votes town hall. So I feel like the conservatives are like, meh, we're good. Well, here's the thing is that conservatives, in my experience, when you invite them to co- for conversations, they think that you're entering into them in bad faith. And because that's how they enter into their conversations. And I think that this is a, a fundamental, like he said, she said, they said, they said thing where like, we actually want to have a conversation, not even necessarily about the issues, but like their experiences on the campaign trail and, you know, how people are receptive towards them, et cetera. This isn't necessarily a policy discussion at this point. Like if we want to have a policy discussion, we'll make it known that we're having a policy discussion. But look, I, here's my thing. I don't enter into conversations in bad faith. That's number one. Yeah. I don't see this as a game like other people do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number two, because a lot of, a lot of people playing this, this, this bait and switch, this, this shell game, they're just playing games, right. With people's lives. So that's why like, we don't enter into shit in bad faith because this shit matters. These are people's lives we're talking about. And, and the way it's just sold and commodified people's like lives and livelihoods. We're not about that. So I feel like if you want to come on, if you want to have a conversation in good faith, nobody's trying to sandbag you. Nobody's trying to like harass or, or, or do a gotcha thing. I don't do gotcha. We don't do gotcha interviews. We just don't. We we're here because we want to give value to our listeners that they won't get anywhere else. So we're going to ask different questions. That's all I could say. Stuff that you probably don't have speaking points for. Maybe you think that that that's a gotcha, but it's not. It really is just trying to get to sometimes the root of an issue and how it's going to affect different types of people that aren't thought about unless you know, somebody like me gets on Twitter and says, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or a lot of people say, or a lot of people in a newsroom are saying, um, we're missing something. But I'm not here to rely on those people. That's what I'm saying. 
Yeah, and, it, and I mean, I think part of it is that conservative politicians in particular turn down, uh, often turn down invitations to come on here to talk to us or join us on a Twitter space or what have you because it feeds their argument of partisanship. Further, they're also less interested in expanding their base and becoming more attractive to marginalized communities. Exactly, exactly. It's so easy to call out partisanship when you're unwilling to participate in discussions across party lines. Exactly, and across socioeconomic um, uh, strata strata too. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's one thing. Politicians, I I just, yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, finish. No, I just, I'm just like, again, that's their game. That's their game. Like they, they want to cry partisanship because they want to sell that back to their, their, their people in their echo chamber. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing Leslie Lewis did. And I wrote about that. Mm-hmm. So it's all a grift, I feel. And once you come, once you come like that, I, I, I just don't want to talk to you. Fair, fair. So Erica, in addition to this being misogynist of the week, I do have some good news for you. Woo! And that news is that we have our domain back. So you don't have to go to the Substack domain anymore to become a subscriber. You can just go to badandbitchy.com and it'll read. Yes. Yes. Okay. This has been a long time coming. It's been seven months in the making. (laughs) Yeah. And before that, we had issues. So first of all, I'm glad we still have the domain. Yeah, my credit card knows we have it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Which just goes to show people if you have if you bought a domain and you're not using it, just pay your $17 a year to keep the domain running. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's it. For the DNS entry. That's it. Just just do that. Because somebody could take your domain and you know how petty people are. Ooh. <laughs> So if you want to become a subscriber, head to badandbitchy.com. Easy peasy. All right. So let's get to misogynist of the week. Yes. Our misogynist of the week is Dan Price, who is a Seattle CEO who gained national attention for raising employees' salaries and slashing his own is facing misdemeanor assault charges stemming from allegations that he tried to forcibly kiss a woman, according to court records. You know he's done worse than that, if that's what he got caught for. Yeah. He is the CEO of credit card processor Gravity Payments, a company I've never once heard of, (laughs) and was charged in February of this year with fourth-degree assault, with sexual motivation, fourth-degree assault, and reckless driving. And this has all been reported by the Seattle Times. So... This man has yet to be arraigned on the charges which were filed in Seattle Municipal Court by the city attorney's office. Charging documents say that a woman called Seattle police on January 24th and said she had met Price at a restaurant in the Capitol Hill neighborhood four days earlier. She said that the two had communicated on Instagram about work and that she had reached out to him about meeting to discuss professional matters according to the documents. 
Instead, Seattle prosecutors say Price cornered the woman in his Tesla, of course, after a dinner meeting, tried to kiss her and grabbed her throat when she refused. Grabbed her throat? What? 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 Real, it, it escalated really quickly, apparently. Shit! I, I'm just like, I, I don't, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Price then drove her to a parking lot and drove donuts with her in the car. This all sounds very fine and normal. And so here we are. And so Erica, you were the one who told me about Dan Price and that he was how he had gained this attention for raising his employees' salaries. Can you shed a little bit of light on what happened there? Okay, so he is, Dan Price is a man who is all over Twitter, all over Twitter. And he became uh, sort of infamous now uh, for his kind of stance on CEO pay. So, he um, caused like a media firestorm by establishing a $70,000 minimum wage at his Seattle company, Gravity Payments. And this was all at a time when um, raising minimum wage was, uh, we were told that it can't be done, that it was going to ruin the economy. You know, all the, all the, all the, all the lies were told, right? And I think, you know, it was around the time to when around 2020, 2019, 2018, when you when you had more like Bernie supporters, too. And we the 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 income and wealth inequality conversation was really ramping up. So here comes Dan Price, the CEO of a credit card company from Seattle. And I think Seattle's really important in this story because what we're talking about is sort of like in the vein of disruption, in the vein of sort of tech disruption. So if you really think about it, here's this like for, for you know, for, for my purposes, a tech CEO who is on the other side of your Mark Zuckerberg's, your um, now your Elon Musk's and et cetera, et cetera. And really saying, no, we're going to treat our employees well. And so he became famous because of it on Twitter. Um, in fact, let me tell you, Inc.com uh, wrote this this fawning piece about him. And it goes like this. Before Dan Price caused a media firestorm by establishing a $70,000 minimum wage at his Seattle company, Gravity Payments, before Hollywood agents, reality show producers, and book publishers began throwing elbows for for a piece of the hip 31-year-old entrepreneur with the shoulder-length hair and Brad Pitt looks. I hate that. I know. Before Rush Limbaugh called him a socialist and Harvard Business School professors asked to study his radical experiment in paying workers, an entry-level gravity employee named Jason Haley got really pissed off at him. And I guess this guy was earning $35,000 a year. um, And he told his boss... He told Price that he was ripping him off. Now, 
let's take that for a minute. You know, this kid is white and tech bro. I'm, I'm talking about the kid who told him, told his boss that he was the CEO of the company that he was ripping him off. Okay. Cause that's some fucking entitled privilege right there. <laughs> anyway, price was taken aback. Haley is shy, not prone to outbursts. Oh, really? So you can see how this is going already. So there was a love fest with tech media and just general media over him. And when I tell you about what this guy would tweet, like on, this is a man who has four, no, sorry, 740,000 followers. Okay. So he would, he would say things like, Sending your employees back to the office when gas, food, childcare, pet care, etc., are all through the roof and not giving them a raise after they spent two years doing the job just as well from home is a great way to tell your employees you don't care about them. So things like that. So it was really like Bernie bro like with like um, a tech finish. An apple finish. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's Bernie with an apple finish. That's who he is. Oh my God, sounds like I'm bourbon. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, you know, he gained a lot of fame from this. And I think the point that we're trying to make with this is that it doesn't matter what your politics are, you could still be an asshole. Yeah, I, so one, I think tech media is is very problematic in how they treat tech founders, particularly men. Yeah. And I think that the the show, The Dropout is a really great example of that. Listen. What show? The The Dropout? Dropout. Where, where, what, huh? New, new, new content to watch, what? (laughs) What is The Dropout? It's the Elizabeth Holmes story. Is that the one on Crave? It's on Disney Plus. Oh, because I didn't watch that one. It's excellent. Really? Yes. It's the best of the startup shows. Really? Because you know which one I'm watching? Uh, We 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 are. What? We Crash? Yes. The We Work one? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. It's. I don't know. It's I thought Super Pumped was interesting. Eh, super Pumped? I haven't watched Super Pumped. Watch Super Pumped and then hate yourself every time you take an Uber. Okay. <laughs> I don't hate myself with these things, by the way, because uh, I you, you will after this. Will I? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Super Pumped. What's that on? Crave. Okay. Anyway... Did Elizabeth Holmes do awful things? Yes, 100%. The problem, though, is that the media was so quick to vilify her that it deeply affected the possibility of other women CEOs getting the funding and access that she had. Meanwhile, you've got founders, and if you watch Super Pump, like Travis Kalanick, who is an absolute garbage of a human, still being garbage garbage yeah still being celebrated by the media you've got but isn't that misogyny it's absolutely misogyny 100 okay okay since we're on theme here (laughs) 
I'm writing, I'm writing a profile of a woman CEO in tech. And one of the VCs who were looking, was looking to invest in her company. This is a middle-aged white woman told her that in order for her to be taken, her company be taken seriously by investors, she needed to get a 20 or 20 something year old white male to be, be a co-founder with her. And she wow. was like, absolutely, absolutely fucking not. No, that's, that's how much the tech industry prioritizes white men. Wow. Yeah. And she was a third time founder. It wasn't her first startup either. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because um, I'm, I'm just going to step out of tech for a second, just for a second and I'll come back. So, um, so I got interviewed by a reporter from the National Post about diversity and inclusion, about the Canada Research Chair and how the Canada Research Chair um, positions, two are going to women and a couple are going to BIPOC. No, sorry. Visible minorities. They didn't even use the BIPOC definition. I, I'm, I'm so upset about this. Anyway. International Post. No, no, no. I'm saying the Canada Research Chair um, oh, yeah, that plan. They use the um, the Equity Act definitions from the yes. 90s. Yes. We're not in the 90s. Anyway, anyway, all this to say that. Um, he's so the re, so the reporter asked me, well, what do you think of people who say, oh, we're leaving out uh, possible great ideas and that we need competence. And what do you say to that? What do you say to those arguments? And I told him, I said, number one, why do we assume that good ideas only come out of white men? Because mm. I could tell you, as a black person who knows that black people move culture, creativity, and innovation, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't, I don't, that is your bias. Okay. Mm. Number two, why are race and capability mutually exclusive? Mm-hmm. You have to believe that to actually make the arguments that you're making. That is your assumption. And that is where we still are now. That apparently only good, I- good ideas can only come from white men. Okay. And the rest of us have no skills or capabilities whatsoever unless we are tied to a white man. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this in the public service all the time. You go to a meeting in the public service, a woman or somebody of color makes a point, nobody listens. A white guy, two minutes later, will make the exact point and everybody will be praising him. Oh my gosh, she's so smart. Oh my gosh, she has such a great feature. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, you all are, are a bunch of racists and misogynists. So that's my sort of detour. <laughs> um, but going back to Dan Price, so him getting all of this praise in the media is not surprising to me. It is also unfortunately not surprising to me to find out that a progressive man can be a piece of shit because like you were saying you know about capability and gender or capability and race why do those things have to be mutually exclusive just because someone's has progressive politics 
does not mean they also can't be a piece of shit. That means that the converse is true also. Yes. And I see people picking like their mates by politics. And I'm just like, are you, why? Okay. And the reason is people are, people are much more dynamic and de- and deeper than that. Sorry. I mean, there's, there's a lot of shallow people, but even shallow people are like, have yeah, well, they're shallow. But the point is that I have experienced um, seeing and, and experienced it myself, conservative people extending themselves to help somebody else more than these great fucking liberals with the right politics or progressives with the right politics because they could be fucking selfish too and a lot of them are well and a lot of them actually it's not even necessarily they are on purpose it's that they think that they're doing the right thing but they fail to check their own privilege and listen we see this not even giving them that we we see this in the local ottawa activist community where some people just take up more space particularly men because they like, let's be honest, men hold more privilege than women, but because they think that they're racialized or they're progressive, that they are on the right side of things and can, but continue to take up space and then kind of take credit for other people's work and think that they're owed something back from the community. Exactly. They parachute in here. Okay. Like, you know, and, and the reason, the reason that I don't, Look, I don't trust, I don't automatically trust progressive white people. I really don't trust progressive white people. They are sometimes worse because they will beat you over the head with their, with their elevated morality. And I'm like, you're educated. You have a class privilege that you don't even recognize. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's what I see in a lot of progressive places spaces a class privilege and a bunch of white people using community organizing to pad their resume so that they can get hired by somewhere else yeah so it's not in good faith so don't choose people by their politics listen because um, we're not we're not saying that it's necessarily going to work out with someone who has the diametrically opposite no also don't (laughs) they're middle ground and i'm just saying it's a give and take That's what I'm saying. That personal relationships or or even relationships with 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 management, it doesn't matter because what we're fighting is the established power structure. Mm -hmm. That is the point. And he and any progressive can be rewarded by the status quo power structure and can be rewarded on the other side by taking on this mantle of social justice and change. So it's game, keep your eyes open. Yeah. Oh, I would say stay woke, but we know how that goes. <laughs> right, because you know, here's my other thing. It's a perfect kind of stay woke thing, but I'm like, white people took that from the black community and they bastardized it and they did all sorts of things with it and they threw it back to us like, and they, and you know what? And then they gaslit us with it and they weaponized it against us. And that's how white people weaponize our own language against us. Apparently, I'm full of vim and vigor today. Apparently. You know why? I got up at like 7.30 to go to the gym. Wow, OK, sleeping. you? That's a sleep in. 
for me. You were sleeping? No, no, I was on a walk at that hour. Oh, okay. Okay. That's just, that's just I, sleeping for me. I can't yeah, sleep past seven. Yeah, I know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm very, and I did like, I did. So, you know, I'm back to weights, right? Cause I'm past my rehab and now I'm like, fine. And now I'm back to weights. So now I'm like pumping iron. So I feel like I could take over the world after mm-hmm. I do weights. Mm-hmm. I love doing weight. Okay. Here's a piece of advice. Assuming that you are physically capable, um, do weights. Okay. It's what got me through much of the public service. So in sum, basically what we're saying is always be skeptical. Yeah. Look, people are people and they're complicated and shit is messy, right? Mm -hmm. But just because some guy says all the right political shit to you or, or woman or whatever, or okay whatever, some other person. Okay. If they have power over you, it kind of doesn't like a benevolent dictator is still a dictator is my point. And, and really the question is about power. A CEO using like ostensibly using his power for good should not be like given all this praise, to be honest. I know it's relative, but at the same time, you're pumping up people for doing the right thing. Uh, no, you should be doing the right thing. Let's raise these expectations. That's what I'm saying. And this is why we continue to say have no faves because they're always going to let you down. I have no faves. You yeah. know what the funny thing is? I used to retweet Dan Price every now and then. And at the back of my mind, I was like, when is this guy going to get like, arrested for sexual assault or something yeah you know after the cosby thing happened all my faith is gone i don't blame you yeah anyway that's it for misogynists of the week so head over to badandbitchy.com to become a subscriber like we said earlier this week we've got tons of stuff coming for the ontario election and uh erica i will see you next time Bye. Bye.